Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week, our series entitled Exiled, Hope in a Hostile World continues as our family life pastor, the Reverend Jamie Kendrew, preaches from 1 Peter chapter 3 in a sermon entitled Holy Living. Here is Pastor Jamie with this week's message. Thank you for listening. Lord, have mercy. Lord, you've moved our spirits this morning with what we just heard. And this, on our week of the nation's birthday, we recognize that we are a nation in turmoil, a nation that is divided on many issues. And for whatever part we can, Lord, we repent. And we ask you to forgive us and to heal our land, whether it be economical, whether it be political, whether it would be racial, whatever the issue that stings our heart may be, God, convict us of it. And take it from us, because you have blessed us, Lord, to be in this land and under you for such a time as this. And so may we, the people of God, not remain silent. May we honor and submit to those that you have placed in power, Lord. But foremost, may we honor, love, and respect you. Help us, Lord to live lives that are set apart so that during these times of chaos, the people of this country who are torn will look to you to heal our land. So we beseech you, we ask you, Father, heal our land and forgive us. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for allowing that moment, I think when God moves our heart, it's best that we listen. And I would encourage you, all week long, as our nation is tearing itself to pieces, sometimes over very deeply rooted hurts, and sometimes over silly things, I challenge you this week, celebrate, but pray that God would heal our land, that God would do a new thing, that God would awaken himself In our nation. You know, as I was listening to all the songs this morning in the worship, I was reminded that God has placed us here for a reason. He's given us a testimony as the people of God. And the way we live every moment of our life is a reflection of who we think God is. Whether on social media, whether in the workplace, whether in our political views. When we live our lives, we do so knowing that those who don't understand or believe in God are watching. You have a testimony. And God is challenging us this morning to protect that testimony and to live holy and righteous lives. You know, last Sunday, Pastor Jared came and he spoke to us about Peter's letter and he, and he reminded us that we have a civil responsibility as Christians to honor and respect the governments that he has placed over us. And we have a responsibility as Christians to, to never allow that to over, overthrow what God says, but we have a responsibility to submit. Pastor Jared reminded us that even evil governments... God will use to bring himself glory. We see this in the Old Testament when the people of Israel were under the tyranny of Egypt. 
God used them for His glory. In modern times, we see this in the nation of China. I love how Pastor John will say one of the greatest missionaries he ever knew was Chairman Mao. (laughs) Because by the oppression of the church, it spread like wildfire. And so we as a church cannot pretend to, to, to think that we know the whole story because we don't. What we know is what the Word of God tells us, and what we know is what God has put on our hearts. That we are to, in love and out of honor, submit and treat each other with respect and dignity. You know, when I looked at the passage of Scripture this morning that we have to read, there was a sinking feeling I had in my stomach because as a man, I'm not always anxious to preach about the significance of women submitting to me. And so I figured I would title this morning's sermon simply this, Pipe Down, Woman, and Grow a Spine Man. And now that everybody's offended, I'm going to pray for the sermon. So God, this morning I pray that you would take our light skin and you would throw it out the window. Because we should not be easily offended because these are your words this morning. You have called us to honor and respect you, and you've called us to submit to the authority placed over us, God. And so as we struggle this morning to be reminded of what that looks like, we pray that you would help us to hear your words, not mine. And help us for your sake to not be like foolish men and to use our freedom for our own indulgences or our own things, but help us to live as free men for the sake of sharing the gospel message. Help us to fear you and to honor the King. Help us to submit ourselves to one another out of love and out of respect. So God, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So we've got an interesting passage this morning, don't we, church? You know my testimony. I'll share it briefly. I come from a background and a family that, um, you know, my father was an alcoholic, abusive knucklehead of a human being. He beat my mom frequently and put her in the hospital. And as a young kid, there's there's actually fewer passages of Scripture. This, This passage that we're talking about today is a passage of Scripture that, with my testimony, I've probably studied and researched this biblical concept, which is also touched in Ephesians, it's also touched on in 1 Corinthians, of this wives submitting to your husband. I've read this and studied this more than any other passage of Scripture Um, Because as a kid, I experienced the abuse and the manipulation of this passage of Scripture. Because all too often in our society, we as men, we love to read it when it says, Wives, submit to your husbands, and then we stop. We like that, don't we, guys? Amen, let's pray, let's get out of here. But that's not at all what the context of this Scripture is. For years... Well-intended people have manipulated and twisted this passage to say something, and it has caused harm and damage among our society. I watched as my mother, being beaten with an inch of her life, was told by well-intended Christian people that unless she submitted to this man who was trying to kill her, she would burn in hell. Listen to me. If you are experiencing domestic abuse, whether you're a man or a woman, 
Seek counsel. Seek help. This is not at all what God is saying in this moment. If somebody is abusing you and harming you, get help. Come talk to us as pastors because this is not at all what this passage is saying. This passage is saying something that is far grander than that. It's saying something that is very deep and intimate at the heart of us. And actually, I would go as far as to say that if you're experiencing abuse and someone uses this passage of Scripture as a way of keeping you under tyranny, this passage of Scripture is actually saying the exact opposite. Because as Pastor Jared spoke to us last week, what this is saying, you can't separate from our civil civil order. It's the civil view that we talked about last week, and this week we're talking about the domestic view. That we are to honor God, we're to fear God, and we're to honor and respect one another. You see, when the Bible was written, the chapter numbers and the little breakdowns, they weren't there. The little section heads, they weren't there. When Peter wrote this to us, he never intended for there to be a breakdown in this. In fact, we could go as far as to say last week's sermon, this week's sermon, and next week's sermon really are all one gigantic statement. What's amazing when we read this passage is is in chapter 3, it says, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands. Now, when we read that phrase in the same way, we have to go back to what was said last week. And if you remember what Pastor Jared said to us, for the sake of our testimony, for the sake of the gospel message that we carry forward, we need to live lives that are honorable, respectable, and loving towards one another. We fear God and we honor the King. And as husbands and as wives, we're to fear God, but we're to live honorable lives. You know, the illustration in this passage is wives. But when Peter makes this statement, he's not just soloing out the women. He's not just soloing out the married people. He's simply using the wives as an example because you see, in the churches that he's writing to, there's a large number of converts that are taking place. Did you know that? When Peter writes to the churches in Asia Minor, there's a large number of women who are coming to know the Lord who are married. Now, we all know this, but guys are sometimes a little slower on the uptake, right? And so the wives are giving their lives to Jesus, but the husbands aren't. Now, if you remember, this is a patriarchal society. This is a society where, where again, the men are revered and, and they're, they're viewed at the head of the household. And as Christians, we do believe that as men, we have been given a responsibility by God to lead our homes. And so in this moment, as he's writing to these women, he's writing to women who believe in Jesus, but their husbands don't. And what he says in this moment is, for the sake of your testimony, don't badger your husband's And don't beat them up over this. Because you see, in this culture, for a woman of a husband who follows a different religion, this was actually viewed as a sign of rebellion. Now, the husband may not have necessarily taken it that way. But the society looking in on these relationships, what they saw was a woman living in rebellion to her husband, following a different God. How dare she? 
And for the sake of the gospel, Peter writes and he says, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any one of them does not believe the word, they may be won over without words, but by the behavior of their wives. He's saying, love your husbands, just as I've told you to honor and respect the, the masters, to talking to the slaves. And let me say this to you right now. A lot of us, when we read this, we think, well, that slavery section doesn't really deal with us today because slavery's gone. No, listen to me. Slavery is alive and well, and there are more slaves in the world today than there's ever been. And so when this addresses the issue of slavery, this is a very relevant piece of scripture for people who are caught in human trafficking today. How are they to live? And this tells them, listen, you honor God, you fear God, but don't make it worse. So in this moment, we move on. He says, respect the government. Honor God, fear the Lord. And he's not commanding us to disobey God, but he's telling us to live at peace with one another, to make every effort to keep the peace and the bond of unity with each other for the sake of our testimony. Are you following me this morning? Pastor Jared laid that out for us that last week, and this week we're continuing that, and we're talking about the domestic view of that when he says, submit to your, uh, same way be submissive to your husbands. And if any one of them doesn't believe, they may be won over without words, but by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self. So what Peter's instructing the women who are in this real circumstance, he's saying, listen, ladies, your husbands aren't there yet. So what we need is for you, in the same way that we just talked about government, submit to your husbands, love your husbands, don't badger them and don't smack them over the head with the word of God, but be patient with them, understanding that when they see the change in the way that you're living, they will follow suit. And so while we love to just separate this and say this talks purely to husbands and wives, Peter's talking to all of us because what he's saying to us, church, is he's saying our testimony, the way we live our lives, the things we post on social media, they mean something. We're accountable for those. And the way that we work at our workplace, the way that we participate in our communities, the way that we are involved in our marriages, the way that we parent our children, people are always watching, and it's your testimony. And God is calling you to be righteous, to be set apart. He's calling us as Christians to look different, to smell different, to be different, to speak different. And so as we live our lives We're called to live in submission to one another. We're called to not be caught up in the things of this world. The things of this world do not make us who we are. God makes us who we are. And as he's instructing the wives, don't be caught up in the braided hair and the jewelry and don't think that you get your value from that, but instead allow your husbands to see the inner beauty that God is welling up in you. He's not telling these women to go out and just start looking like a ragamuffin. He's not telling them that. He's saying, don't find your identity in those things. Instead, it should be that of the inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. 
You are her daughters, and if you, are, uh, if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, he says, in the same way. Now, did you catch that? When we said the same way before, all that was said before applies to this concept, right? And so we can't separate that out now. We can't all of a sudden just dismiss that because now in verse 7 it says, Husbands, in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives. So what is Peter saying to us? That we're to honor and cherish our wives. That we're to honor and cherish the women in our lives. He's going as far as to say that we're to honor and cherish the people that we encounter on a daily basis. He says, treat them with respect as the weaker partner. He's not saying the lesser partner. He's saying that men, you have a responsibility to protect your home. You have a responsibility to honor your wife by defending her honor, by not belittling her, by not making fun of her and cutting her down in front of her friends. You have a responsibility to lift one another up. Do you hear me? Husbands, do you take serious the role that God has given you? Because as people of God, we are all called to this. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-8 reminds us that we as people of God, we're to be a people of love. And it tells us that love is patient. It tells us that love is kind. That love does not envy that love does not boast. That love is not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Did you hear that one? Love does not keep score. It does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always persevere. And love never fails. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that, church? Because love never fails. Wives, honor your husband. Husbands, honor your wives. If your husband is not honorable, seek counsel. If your wife is not honorable, seek counsel. Talk to someone. Pray to the Lord. Listen, church, this is not just talking about husbands and wives. This is talking about our response to one another. We're called to honor and to love one another in the same way. Hebrews 10.10 says that we have been set apart simply because of what Jesus has done. This is not a sermon just about husbands and wives. This is about all of us. We are called to demonstrate to the world that we believe we serve a mighty God. Did you know that the way you live your life outside the walls of this church is is an example or a mirror of your opinion of God? How you interact with our community, with our civil government, with, with your home, with your school districts, with your sporting things or your hobbies or whatever it is that you do, it's a direct reflection of your opinion of God. Do you believe he's present? Do you believe he's always there? Do you believe that he's given you a message to share? Because guess what, church? 24-7, you are the reflection of the Lord to somebody. And for the sake of your testimony, you are called to live set apart, and you are called to live holy lives. John 13, 35 says these words to us. 
By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. As you look around the room, do you love one another? Or is there someone in this room that you need to pass the peace with and make amends? Did you know that when we pass the peace on a Sunday morning, that's why we do that? It gives us an opportunity to go to one another and maybe we've offended one another and it gives us an opportunity before we come into worship to make things right so that we can freely worship. That's what passing the peace is. We are called by God to demonstrate His love by the way we love one another. So husbands, do you honor your wife? Wives, do you honor your husbands? Christians, do we honor one another? by the way we care and love one another. Yesterday, I had the privilege of doing the funeral of an 11-year-old child. And it was a celebration. And I was so blessed by the way the people of this church poured out love on this family. I just felt warm inside because there was without a doubt nobody could say Those people don't believe in God because God was everywhere in the way that they cared for one another yesterday. The way that you love others, are you expressing God? Previously in 1 Peter 1.22, we're reminded that we're to love one another deeply. So as believers, are we living in that way? Because that's what Peter's commending us to today. Peter's, excuse me, Peter's commending us and using the wives and husbands as an example, but he's speaking to all of us just as he was speaking to all of us a couple of moments ago when he was speaking about slaves or when he was speaking about government and authority. And next week, he's going to give us these words and says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate of your, uh, your life as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partners, heirs with you for the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And he says, finally, and next week we'll talk about this more, all of you live in harmony with one another. We are called to be peacemakers and our nation needs the people of God to pour out love Now, not anger, not fueling the hate, but in love, we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's our testimony. God's calling each of you to live righteous lives that fear God and honor each other. Do you believe that today? If you have a husband or a wife here today, immediately following this service, I want you to go on a date. I mean it. Date your spouse. Love one another. And in that conversation, I want you to say this to one another. I love you because. And then I want you to begin to tell each other why you love each other. Maybe you're here with a group of friends this morning. I give you the same charge. Following church today, I challenge each of us. Get together with either our spouses, our families, or other believers and tell each other now before the eulogy, why you love one another. Do you hear me, church? You have a God in heaven who loves you. And what he asks us to do is to simply tell that story. Father, we love you. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to honor you and to bring you glory. 
We pray, Lord, that as we are exiles in a foreign land, that you would not allow that to identify us, but help our identity, Father, to come in who you say we are. Help our identity to come in the way that we love one another. May our testimony be so loud that, that, that words are the, are the fallback plan, God. Help us to submit to one another. Help us to serve one another. And help us to live in harmony for the sake of your kingdom. And all of God's people said,